0: We hope you enjoy the show as together we hear how they are making their world better. Well, one of the challenges for an effective nonprofit leader right now is getting the right information so you can make solid financial decisions to help your organization thrive. Well, to do this, you need the best accounting and donation software. Researching, learning, and maintaining software can get really costly. So let me save you some time and money. Aplos just might be the solution you're looking for. Applos is made specifically for nonprofits to manage fund accounting, donations, and your people. So go to nonprofit.applos.com to see how it works and get your 15-day free trial. As a nonprofit leader, you eventually realize you can't do everything yourself. But hiring is complicated. Volunteers have other demands on their time. And what if you only need part-time help anyway? Well, Belay, an innovative staffing solution, has successfully matched thousands of organizations with part-time virtual assistants, bookkeepers, and social media strategists. Let Belay help you become a more effective and successful nonprofit leader, making a positive impact in the community by helping you juggle less and accomplish more. Just go to Belay, B-E-L-A-Y solutions dot com slash nonprofit leadership. Well, you know, one of my goals with this podcast is, first of all, to bring you some of the best leaders and nonprofit thinkers to inspire you to become a better leader. But I've also had as a goal to bring you some great tools and resources that are there for nonprofit organizations and leaders, just like you, to utilize in order to make your organization better. Well, this episode is focused on tools and resources to help your organization improve, specifically with your digital online presence and your fundraising. My guest today is Justin Wheeler. He's the co-founder and CEO of Fundraise. As a social entrepreneur, Justin helped start two successful nonprofits, both of which became multi-million dollar organizations, and he brings over 10 years of experience from the nonprofit sector and was an early team member of Invisible Children, which raised over $50 million in the first eight years of operation. Well, thanks, Justin, for being on the show. I understand you're the co-founder and CEO of Fundraise. Give us a quick overview of your company and how can it help my listeners in their everyday work?
1: Absolutely. Well, first off, uh, Rob, thanks so much for having me on the show. I really do appreciate it. Before I tell you a little bit about fundraising, let me just take a few seconds to tell you my backstory. I uh, spent 12 years uh, in the nonprofit industry, I started two nonprofit organizations. My expertise is in digital fundraising. Uh, during that 12 years, raised about $100 million, uh, through online campaigns. And the common pain point I had on day one through, you know, the last day on day on year 12 was just the technology that I was using wasn't wasn't streamlined. Uh, we were duct taping a lot of different software products together, and so it really is what that experience is what inspired me to start Fundraise, which which is an all in one platform, everything from uh, a nonprofit CRM uh, to their email marketing communications to online fundraising, peer to peer crowdfunding, uh, events management, ticketing. I mean, the, the the list could go on in terms of the different products that we offer. Uh, but it, it's really the goal of fundraising is to help nonprofits streamline their fundraising technology and to make it more efficient and effective uh, as they do their important work.
0: That's awesome. You know, that's one of the things, one of my goals here with this nonprofit podcast is to really not only provide great speakers and nonprofit thinkers, but resources and tools that actually can help, you know, nonprofit organizations of all shapes and sizes. Um, and you do that. You offer all kinds of resources for nonprofit leaders through your, uh, the, through fundraise. So as you think about fundraising today, uh, what in your opinion has changed in say the last five to 10 years when it comes to fundraising in the nonprofit space? Yeah,
1: that's a great question. I mean, I think, uh, and this is this is this was happening well before the pandemic hit but the pandemic has accelerated this this concept uh, and that concept is we're living in a digital first economy um, and the, the the pandemic has only uh, early underscored the importance of that and the importance being for nonprofits to really take a look at their fundraising approach um, a lot of organizations are stuck uh, in just old school fundraising that is, is – and these are the types of organizations that aren't experiencing a lot of growth today. And so, I think the, the, the sort of changes that we're seeing uh, and that are, that's going to continue to accelerate into 2021 and beyond is that organizations have to have a virtual first approach to fundraising. It doesn't mean that they have to throw out their traditional fundraising tactics, but there should be plans, there should be strategies created for more virtual engagements, for more ways to engage with donors virtually, uh, ways to steward donors in a way that doesn't require jumping on a plane and flying to a different state. Uh, and so I, I think this is a pretty critical time for organizations to really think through their digital approach and ensuring that uh, it's, it's a virtual approach and it's, it's virtual first um, as, we're, as we're going through this transformation in the, in the economy. Uh, and in in each city that we all live in uh, around the country today.
0: Yeah, I think you bring up a really, really good point. In fact, I've asked a lot of my guests on this show a similar question. With all the changes we're seeing in our world, the downward trend of charitable giving in general over the last several years, and then, of course, the challenges today of COVID, uh, do you think that nonprofits should fundamentally change the way they do fundraising?
1: I think that nonprofits should take a step back and look at the multiple different revenue channels that they have uh, and take a look at sort of the performance of those channels over the last three to five years, a lot of times we get stuck in what's familiar, uh, what we think works, but if you start to, you know, really start to dissect or diagnose sort of, you know, channel-by-channel channel performance, the cost, it, it, you know, the cost of revenue, the cost of, of donation, you start to find some really interesting things about the overall efficiency of, of your fundraising performance. And so I think organizations need to be doing this, you know, regardless of, of pandemic or not, need to be doing this on an annual basis to ensure that their approach is effective and uh, it's reaching the right people and it's cost-effective and so forth. Um, but at, but certainly organizations need, especially organizations who haven't taken this jump, uh, these are the organizations that are suffering a lot more today than uh, more modern based, you know, fundraising approaches, organizations that just don't have a digital audience. And they need to work on building that digital audience. They need to work on reaching donors across different channels, um, that exist, uh, today on, on the internet. And they need to create strategies to cultivate and steward donors, uh, in, in that regard. Uh, and I think, and so I think this is, this will be a fundamental change in nonprofit fundraising. Um, fundraising is very relational and uh, fundraisers and donors, I think, appreciate that relational aspect of it. But I do think we're going to see that change. We're going to see that flip. We're going to see, oh, you know, we don't actually have to fly three thousand miles across the country to, to meet with this major donor. We can do a Zoom call. And so organizations need to be thinking thinking about that. And I think you know the the, the downward trend that we're seeing, you know, it's it's interesting uh, because typically you know charitable giving is reflective of, of the economy. Uh, and one of those the main drivers that we look to it, uh, for the economy is the stock market. But we need to understand, especially in 2020, the stock market is not the economy, right? The stock market is booming. and it's having all all it's having all-time highs over the last several weeks, especially. But we have to look at you know the unemployment rate. How many people are have lost their jobs? How many people are not working? Uh, and that's that's how we can get an understanding for why why is charity um trending downward. And I think that we also need to look at different segments. So we need to look at different types of organizations, uh, different categories of organizations and look across our customer base. We're seeing a lot of growth. We're seeing organizations that are going to 2X or 3X their revenue this year uh, in, during one of the you know most most unprecedented times in, in history. And so I think there's there's just a lot that we have to work through to understand. Uh, for For some organizations, they're going to have their best years, and for others, it's going to be tougher. Um, and so I think it goes back to, you know, the root of the question is, well, what's our approach to fundraising and what should it look like this year and next year and and beyond?
0: Well, one of the challenges for an effective nonprofit leader right now is getting the right information so you can make solid financial decisions to help your organization thrive. Well, to do this, you need the best accounting and donation software. Researching, learning, and maintaining software can get really costly. So let me save you some time and money. Applos just might be the solution you're looking for. Aplos is made specifically for nonprofits to manage fund accounting, donations, and your people. So go to nonprofit.applos.com to see how it works and get your 15-day free trial. Hey, everybody. Rob here. Thanks so much for listening to the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, I wanted to make sure you're aware of a whole group of other episodes with fascinating guests that I previously interviewed. Just go to our website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. There you'll find numerous interviews of nonprofit leaders from all over the country and even from different countries, all trying to make their world better. I also want to make sure you knew about how to get some more great content. When you go to our website, just look at the top right section of the homepage under the words subscribe. You can simply type in your email address and then you will be added to our monthly email update. In addition to getting great access to some superb content, you'll get the latest podcast shows right to your inbox. Now, this way you'll never miss any of the interviews or content on this show. If you have any questions or comments, do not hesitate to email us. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. You know, it's really interesting you say that, because I think, for certainly for now, you're absolutely right. There's a separation between what the stock market is doing and what the economy is doing. They don't necessarily sync up, and certainly we're seeing that right now, because I know the nonprofit I lead would tell you that there are more people that are coming to food pantries than ever. Our unemployment is not doing great yet. Uh, It depends on, yeah, I'm sure, the the area of the country you're in, but overall, our economy is still struggling. And yet, the stock market is going crazy, like you said. And so, it's really fascinating that you bring that up. Now, as you think about fundraising, you know, tools and resources, I understand what's great about what you're offering is that you offer some free fundraising products. Now, free is always good for nonprofits. People love free uh, options. Now, at the same time, right, free can sometimes send the wrong message, right, that it's too good to be true or you get what you pay for and therefore maybe not that valuable. I know what you offer is very valuable with your resources. So talk about your philosophy a bit about providing free tools and why do you do it? Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's a great question. So, uh, first off, I 100% agree, uh, if something is free, the quality is probably not great. Um, and and in the case of Hunters, I'm happy to say that's just not, not the case. Uh, over the last six years, we've invested $20 million into our product. Um, so we've, we've raised, you know, venture capital. We've put a lot of, a lot of capital behind the software, the technology that we've innovated. Uh, so it's, it is a world-class platform that, um, that is helping organizations grow and scale and, and just be more efficient. The reason why we opened up a free tier uh, relatively recently is because we saw this just this this technology gap uh, in the nonprofit sector. Right, we, you, the big organizations about twenty percent of if you look at the one point four million nonprofits in, in, a, in the U.S. today. Twenty percent of them have budgets to afford world class technology like Fundraise. The other eighty percent just just can't, and so they have to use the other free stuff that. Generally isn't that great, um, and so we wanted to we wanted to kind of bridge that divide and offer organizations that are making enormous impact but have smaller budgets the ability to grow with Fundraise, and so we offer them a subset of of, of the tools. Uh, and then you know, secondly, from a strategic perspective, um, the way people are buying software today is changing. Um, you know years ago, how you would sell software is you would try to go directly to the decision maker, directly to the CEO, uh, whoever was going to be the person signing the contract, and you would try to get their buy-in. That's completely flipped on its head. It's the users who are actually buying the software. And so if we can open up Fundraiser Free, regardless of uh, if you're a $500,000 nonprofit or a $100 million nonprofit, it's that user who's going to drive the sort of decision to buy more of what Fundraise offers uh, if, if they have a good experience and they like it. And so we're incentivized as a company to build really great product to add a ton of value at the free level so that you're going to want to buy more product as you grow and as you see Fundraise as a value add, not just another you know piece of technology. Uh, so those, those are the couple reasons uh, why we decided to do it. Uh, but the, the thing that I'm most proud of is that we're offering a free product that some organizations are paying six figures for um and it's and, and so it's, it's a good product that you're going you're gonna to love it, you're, uh, and you're going to have a good experience with the value that it provides to your organization.
0: You know, I love that. And, and again, I do think uh, you've got – I looked at your website. You've got some great resources, and I encourage my listeners to check it out, depending on where you are. You know, small, large, medium-sized nonprofits there are some great products for you. And so I'm kind of curious, with all the different offerings that you have on your website and through Fundraise, if my listeners could only choose one of your products, which one would be the most useful for them and why?
1: Uh, That's a great question. So it it really depends on sort of the states and on top of that. But if organizations are looking for an immediate, you know, return, uh, an immediate sort of lift on on their fundraising activity, I would say that our peer-to-peer functionality um, would would be a great place to start. Uh, With that, you can build fundraising websites, you know, progress bars, invite your supporters to create their own fundraising pages, And then we also integrate with Facebook and Instagram and Twitch and other sort of channels that really allow organizations to spread out their influence across their their donor base. And it's a great opportunity to acquire new donors. So uh, generally, we see our customers who launch peer-to-peer campaigns, you know, see the return right away in in terms of dollars. And so I would say that's probably a great place to start, whether – you are doing, you know, a version of peer-to-peer fundraising state or not. It's a, it's a great tool. It's, a gr- it's great for Giving Tuesday, which obviously was yesterday, but it's even better for end-of-year fundraising. So lots of value that I think can be extracted from, from our peer-to-peer fundraising tool set.
0: Well, excellent. And one of the things I do like about your approach is that you've had real life experience leading nonprofits. You've done a lot of fundraising. You've been successful at it. What do you think, as you, uh, I'm thinking about listeners now that maybe are at a place where, because of COVID or maybe even before COVID, they really are struggling to make progress? Uh, They're not sure how to continue to move forward and really build their donor base. Um, In addition to using the tools that you have to offer, what's some advice you would give them when it comes to fundraising? What have you learned along the way, that you would want to pass on to emerging leaders that are really trying to figure this fundraising conundrum out.
1: The thing that we often overlook is when we're, we're thinking about growing revenue and, and, and just growing the organization. It's we think that we have to acquire a bunch of new donors to do that, and you know, acquiring new donors is important and healthy. But organizations that can focus on their own retention of, of donors and also have a better understanding or more insight around the capacity of their current donor file is incredibly important. As a kind of a quick example, uh, when I was uh, at Liberty North Korea, we had a recurring donor who's giving $15 a month uh, for three years. This isn't a donor that, that, you know, our major gift team wouldn't pay too much attention to $15 a month. It's, uh, monthly is nice, but it's, you know, it's not, it's not life changing. Um, we started to, to, Uh, provide more insights uh, through our functionality. And so through funders giving, uh, we actually do, you know, uh, uh, different variations of of wealth data scanning and and social demographic scanning. And through this donor, we were able to to fund it. That person had a lot more capacity. And so we ended up meeting, and that person now is giving $100,000 a year to the organization. Um, And so understanding your donor base, understanding the capacity that they have to give, uh and then creating uh what I like to call you know stewardship plan that get donors to uh be more compelled to buy more into the mission in the organization. What does it take for that person to go from fifteen dollars to a thousand dollars to twenty thousand or and to a hundred thousand? What does that pathway look like? They have to care, they have to be compelled, they have to be bought into the mission. Uh so I think, you know, especially now during a time where It's hard to know who is impacted by by the pandemic in terms of financially and who's not. Really focusing inward on your donor file, understanding their capacity, understanding where they're at, I think is going to lead to your success in 2021. Um, And then, of course, you know, trying new things like peer-to-peer fundraising, uh, social fundraising. These will inevitably be helpful, uh, but I think it's important to also understand your own donor file and what their capacity is and how much expansion opportunity there is uh, if, if you can compel them to, to do more.
0: If I'm thinking of a listener that says, okay, what's my first step? Uh, I've heard your pitch. I think there's some great things. I'll check out your website. What would be kind of the first step you'd recommend for someone who really wants to move forward, improve their fundraising strategy, and uh, to really see some, I guess, some positive momentum uh, when it comes to development?
1: That's a great question. Um, I can take that in so many different directions. Uh, but I'll, I'll I'll answer it from the perspective of like the person asking this question from a digital perspective because I think there's there are different approaches there are different ways to get into this um, and it reminds me of what someone recently told me when uh, we were talking about websites and they said most nonprofits treat their website like an expense not a program and nonprofits should treat their websites like programs because they would inevitably. Uh, put more more attention into it, and it would drive more conversion, better experiences for, for their donors, and so forth. So I would say an organization that's not successful at raising money online, it's most likely because you're not providing an experience that online donors want. Uh, and so think about that. Look at, Take a look at your website. Uh, what does the giving experience look like? Um, and are is your content compelling? Are you telling your story in a way that is going to inspire someone to give. People give off of emotion, not logic. And so it's the content on your website, you know, creating this visceral emotional reaction uh, that someone's willing to pull out their credit card and you make a contribution on your, on your website. So I would say look at the top of the funnel, look at your site, look at the content um, and make sure that you're providing an experience that people um, can appreciate uh, and at least are used to, right? People are buying – uh, organizations say all the time, our donors aren't digital donors, and I think that's really just an excuse. Your donors are buying things on Amazon. Your donors are subscribers to Netflix, um, to Spotify, whatever it might be. They know how to do things online. It's just you're not optimized for their experience. And so that's that's you know it's conceptual. It's not like super practical. But I think this is a big area that nonprofits need to improve on to be more effective at raising money online.
0: You know, you bring up a really, really good point. And I think especially now with COVID, but even before that, you're right, people navigate online all the time and they purchase things from Amazon. Uh, they go to walmart.com. I mean, they're buying things online on a regular basis and more and more now. And so you're right. I think the old maybe excuse or just the the thought, well, people just don't often give to nonprofits online. It's just not true. And all the data is showing that now that more and more people of all age demographics are feeling more comfortable with about giving to nonprofits online. So really good point point. Um, I think people are going to want to know a little bit more about your organization. So how can people find out more about you and more about Fundraise? Where would you send them?
1: Yeah. So uh, in regards to Fundraise, uh, you can go to our website. It's Fundraise.org. That's F-U-N-R-A-I-S-E.org. And if you want to just trial out Fundraise, click Get Started, and you can create a free account in two minutes. So you can jump into our software. You can launch a giving form. You can embed it on your site. You can create a giving page. Whatever you want to do, you can do that all within just a couple of minutes and at no cost. You won't have to enter a credit card. Um, you Just go in and, and get started there. Uh, so that's that's one way, super practical, easy to to do, and you can learn more about the the product uh, from from that experience. Uh, with me, if you want to connect with me, I always like talking to nonprofits. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I post daily on LinkedIn. Uh, uh, I also have my own podcast that I that I uh, that I run. Uh, so just look up Justin Wheeler on LinkedIn. You should be able to find me. Uh, and I would love to connect with your listeners.
0: That's great. Well, again, my listeners, I encourage you to check it out. Fundraise, uh, just some great ideas. And I looked at the website, there's full of uh, different resources that if you're really kind of stuck or you're just looking for something new to help you really improve your online presence. And certainly when it comes to fundraising and development to really get some positive momentum, uh, moving in the right direction, I encourage you to check out Fundraise and Justin as well. Again, Justin, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for taking time to sharing your insights today.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. it
0: was really fun. Well, we're excited to have Apolos as the sponsor of this nonprofit podcast. And what's unique about Applos is that they are dedicated not only to providing you with the best tools, but also to offering free training from their in-house experts and CPAs. Right now, you can get access to a solid webinar on five essential financial reports for nonprofit leaders. To get access, go to nonprofit.applos.com. Hey, friends, I wanted you to know that this podcast can be found on both iTunes and Spotify. If you're wondering how to find it, just type in the words Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, and this podcast should show up. We also encourage you, when you go on iTunes, let us know what you think. Give us a review give us a rating. We would love to hear what you think of this podcast and your feedback will help expand this podcast to get it out to as many people as possible. You can also find other resources and interviews of past guests on my website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Again, that website is nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep making your world better.